your Bibles, turn to um, Ephesians chapter 6. We are almost finished with the study of Ephesians, and it's been a good one. Uh, but I don't want you to miss the end. We talked a, lot, a couple weeks ago about finish strong. It doesn't matter how you start the race. It matters how you finish. It doesn't matter what point you are in your race. We saw that a couple weeks ago on the video. That girl, she fell on that, you know, in that 600 meters and yet was able to get up and run and win. Uh, and that's, you know, what I want to share with you. And I believe Paul was sharing with, this, with these churches around um, Ephesus, this group of people, followers of Jesus Christ back then. And same for us today is that, that idea of finishing strong. So you got your Bibles with you? You got them? You ready? Ephesians chapter 6 in uh, verse 10. Um, it says this, a final word. And we've learned before that Paul was saying from now on. That's what this means. From now on. Live like this. Uh, and he says, uh, a final word. Live like this. Be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. He's saying to us and to you today, be strong. He's not going to be strong for you. You got to be strong but you got to be strong in Him. It's not just strong in our own ability. So he's saying, hey, be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. Man, He's got a lot of might. So with that, that, that uh, opportunity for you to be strong, it, it's there. So he says this, there's a, something you got to do. Put on all God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. He says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We're not fighting against people in our lives, but we are fighting against something. It says this, we're fighting against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So he says, because there's that battle, he says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor. We talked about that before, that the armor that we're talking about today, it's not, it's not physical stuff that you can touch, but it's still um, something so important to put on in your life. And he says, put on um, every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And we talked about that too, this resisting. It's this idea of standing. The enemy's going to be attacking your life whether you realize it or not. Uh, and to be able to stand, he says, um, it, it says, then after the battle, you're still going to be standing firm. And stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body armor of righteousness. Uh, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared in addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil and put on salvation as your helmet. We're going to stop right there. Uh, we talked last week about, tr- or two weeks ago, about truth. Saying, hey, got to have that thing in your head uh, because there's going to be people and things um, uh, lying to you and saying, hey, yes, this is true. Your own thoughts will lie to you. Your own thoughts will tell you stuff that's not true. And you have to, he's saying, have, have this thing of truth on the inside that says, yeah, that's true. No, that's not. Yes, that's true. I'm going to think about that. No, that's not true. I'm, I'm taking that one, uh, that thought captive. Um, and Paul said too about righteousness. It was really cool. Last week we talked about righteousness. This idea of you need to, you need to wear that all the time, knowing who you are. If you don't know who you are, he'll take you out every single time. If you don't realize that you're righteous in God, you're good with God. With that word righteous means you're right with God, you've got peace with God because of what Jesus did. If you don't fully believe and put your trust in that, he'll get you with thoughts of like, wow, you, were, you weren't that good this week. You know, you didn't get it all together this week. can't believe you're sitting here in church this morning, you dirty, rotten scum. If only people could see what you were really thinking and what you're really like. And you're like, you, you start believing that stuff. He says... Come on, truth says none of that's true. I'm righteous because of Jesus Christ. So I want to tell you that this morning, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're righteous in him. And so we looked at that and saying, you've got to live in that all the time. And then Paul, he says to, to them, um, have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And in verse 17, take the helmet of salvation. We skip in the, the shield. We'll talk about that next week uh, or in a couple of weeks when we get back from the big party. But um, this, uh, 
this idea of, of, the, the, of salvation and the gospel, they go so close together that I figured we're going to talk about the two of them together. Uh, the, 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 the picture is that you got a helmet of salvation and you got your, your feet shod with, with, uh, with um, the, the gospel, the preparation of the gospel. It's like this, this thought of being covered from head to toe. But we're not talking about physical stuff. We're not talking about, you know, a, a helmet or shoes. But what we're actually talking about is, is two things that affect your mind. The battle's always going on between your ears. So all of this stuff, it's not like when you wake up in the morning saying, okay, you know, I put on my belt, so I'm putting on the belt of truth. And I'm putting on some shoes, so now I've got, you know, my feet shod with the gospel of peace. And I'm putting on my hat, my toque, whatever it is, saying, yeah, I got, and, and I got the helmet of salvation. He's saying that's not what this is all about. It doesn't work that way. You're not just um, automatically um, uh, wearing truth because you were here this morning and heard some. He's saying there's this idea of living it out every single day of your, of your life. He says, having your feet shod with the preparation of, uh, of the gospel of peace. There's different thoughts on what this means. Um, there's one that, because of the word, um, be, um, the idea of, of um, what, sh- what the word shod means, it, it's like a, an old English word, right? It means putting on shoes. How many of you were shod this morning? Yeah, you're like, I don't know. I'm not sure. All it means is you put shoes on your feet. So I'm hoping that everybody did that. Uh, it, it's uh, good for us if you have. Um, but he says the, the, the two thoughts are that, the, that this idea of um, um, ha- being shot is that the good news, the gospel, is a foundation in your life. It's that, kind of that thought that your life is built on this foundation of, of, um, of the gospel. And the other side of the, the coin is they're like, no, that's not what it's about. It's about this idea of knowing the gospel message so well that you can share it with others, that you're prepared to share it. And for me, I want to say both of those are good. If you think, hey, I got to have my life built on the foundation of the gospel, or if you're in the other camp and says, no, you need to know the gospel to share it with others, you're both right. You should have both of those things in your life. Um, having your feet shod, the, the word having, it's actually talking about this idea of um, something that you should have already done. So I would say that to you. You know, welcome to Kingsway, having shod your feet with whatever you're wearing this morning. Stilettos, um, uh, jellies, I guess they're called, uh, Crocs, you know, work boots, whatever you wore, you have already done that. You got up this morning, you said, I'm gonna put on shoes and go to church um, or come to Kingsway. So this, that thought, is uh, the same here. Paul's saying, hey, you should have already done this. Make sure that as you're living life, have this preparation of the, of the gospel of peace. The word, um, the word shod means to like bind yourself firmly to. It, the word, it's actually to bind under. So tying something underneath you and, and strapping yourself to it. So Paul says um, that, that our lives, this whole idea of armor, this whole idea of living like this, this whole idea of the things you're to think about, he says, have your life so firmly strapped to the good news, the gospel, because the enemy's going to attack you in that area of your life. We talked about truth. He attacks you there. We talked about righteousness. He's going to attack you in this area as well. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18, it says this, for the message of the cross, which is the gospel, he says, it's foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Maybe you're here this morning, like, I'm not sure what the gospel is. I don't know what this whole idea of good news is. Um, Paul wrote to the Corinthian church saying, hey, there was people back then who thought, you know, this whole, this whole idea of Jesus, you know, being born in a manger and, you know, that's Christmas and then dying on Easter and somehow that affects our life. That, that's foolishness. It doesn't make any sense. That's kind of like the Easter bunny, you know, Santa Claus and Jesus. They're all things you believe in and then they're real. The thought has always been there. Later on in 1 Corinthians, Paul says this thought. He said the Jews, they wanted a sign. They wanted something to prove that Jesus was real. 
Uh, in John chapter 8, it talks, or actually John chapter 6, it talks about people who are following Jesus around. And um, he was healing all kinds of people. And then he fed 5,000 people with just two, um, you know, five loaves and two fish. And then he was talking to these other, talking to people who would have been there. And they're like, you know, we don't know if you're the Messiah. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, show us a sign. And, and, and they're like, well, didn't you just, he's like, how many signs do I have to show you guys before you're going to believe that I'm the Messiah? But he says that the, the whole idea is, is this idea of believing this message. But it was foolishness to them uh, back then. To the Greeks, he said, it was, um, to them it was foolishness because their whole purpose and their whole uh, thing was looking for wisdom. They're like, this thing just doesn't make sense in my head. I, I, don't, I don't quite get it. I, I used to meet with um, uh, uh, an atheist and we'd have some pretty um, good conversations. And he's not just like, oh yeah, I don't want to go to church, I'm an atheist. He was like the kind of guy who's like, studies it. He's looking online. He's, he's, he's reading the Bible more than most Christians because he wants to try and prove you wrong. And one of the things that he said in one of our conversations was this. As we were talking, I was sharing to him with him about what I believe, about who Jesus is. He says, okay, so seriously, so some human sacrifice in an ancient desert 2,000 years ago in some way affects my life and my destiny? You really believe that? Like, that's absolutely crazy. And I'm sitting there thinking, hmm, human sacrifice in a desert 2,000 years ago. Yeah, that does sound kind of foolish, but not to me. See, Paul's saying this thought uh, with, the, with the people in, in um, 1 Corinthians. He says to that church, he's like, it's foolishness to a certain group of people. It says it's foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. The power, the life-transforming power of God just put that verse up there again. Could you have uh, 1 Corinthians 1.18? Sorry, teacher moment here for a minute. It says, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction, but we who are being saved know it is the power of God. What do you think the it is? Yeah, the message of the cross. That gospel message, that good news message, just in and of itself, it's the power of God. Uh, I want you to remember that, because as we talk about this for a minute, just realize that, that in that message is everything that, that, uh, that needs to happen for lives to be, uh, to be changed. There's, um, it's, it's incredible. Lives are still being transformed today from a message that was shared 2,000 years ago. I'm one of them. You? My life is being transformed. Um, you know, I, I think about some of this stuff, you know, this idea of believing it. You know, do we really believe it? Uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs, if you've never had a chance to read it, DC Talk put out a book, uh, I don't when they were hip, you know, 15 years ago, uh, for those who don't know who DC Talk is. But um, they put out this book of, of modern-day martyrs, people who, would, who, when faced with either deny Jesus Christ, deny the good news, or you die. They chose to die rather than that. They said, I'm not going to ever turn my back on this. I believe that that is so true. Most of the apostles, the early guys, the, the followers of Jesus Christ, most of the 12, they gave their lives for this. You know, if they were wandering around and they were following some guy who wasn't really real, if Jesus, if they didn't believe he was the Messiah, do you think that down the road when they said, hey, listen, we're going to crucify you upside down, we're going to burn you in oil, we're going to um, we're gonna burn you at the stake, would they not have said, no, hold on, hold on. Okay, this is going a little bit far. Yeah, Jesus is my friend, but he's gone now. It was just all a big joke, you know. Uh, don't. None of them, none of them chose to say, I choose life over that. 
They chose to say, you know what, I, I believe this. And all through history, you read of Polycarp, Jan Hus, um, different guys who, were, who said, you know what, I'm going to choose Jesus Christ. And it's happening today. We're fortunate in our country that that doesn't happen, that they're not coming in here. But maybe, maybe we're not that fortunate. What would you, you know, as I read that, I thought about that. I, I have to ask myself that question. What would I do? What would I do? How much do I believe this to be true? Because Paul's saying, armor on. Let your life be on that foundation that if it's going to get taken away, it's not worth living. That foundation is that important. My question is for you, what would you do? I read a story of a, of a pastor who, uh, who thought he would try this out. He, had, he hired two guys to come into his church. And they came in, and uh, uh, during their service, all of a sudden they pulled up in the back. They're wearing black, the mask. They pulled out two machine guns and said, all right, listen. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to die today. You're going to meet him. And if you don't, we're giving you one minute to get out of this place. And then we're, we're shooting up the joint. Tons of people left. Getting out of there. Finally, afterwards, the pastor's like, okay, yeah, those are my buddies. Now we know who the real Christians are. Let's do church. I'm thinking that's pretty like bold, pretty brazen, you know. I'm like thinking probably nobody's going there, the, you know, the, the next week. Uh, it's, it's one of those things. But I mean, we could try it here, but now you know. You'd be all like, yeah, it's me. You know, I know. Click, click, click. It's blanks, right? But, but, but the thought is, how do you know? How do you know if you're not actually in that situation? How do you know what you would decide? I believe the decision is, is, is pretty clear. If you're, if you're living your life for the gospel already, you're willing to give your life for it. If it's something that you're built, founda- your foundation is on, it, it's, it's going to be one of those things. You know, I thought about that. What would I think about? Would I think about my wife? Would I think about my kids? What would I think about? And realizing, you know, is there anything worth it? But Paul's saying, armor on. Realize that you need this. We're fortunate in our country. It doesn't happen. But um, there's a guy named Jim Elliott who said this. He said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He's no fool to give up his life, what he can't, what he can't keep, to gain what he cannot lose, which is eternal life. He's no fool. Jim Elliott, for those of you who may know, that recognize the name, he, um, you may have seen the movie called The End of the Spear, but Jim Elliott and four of his friends felt that God had put on their heart to go to Ecuador and reach a tribe of people who had, who had no contact with the outside world. They flew a plane over, they dropped food in baskets, they dropped um, little things that, that would, um, trinkets and, and presents to try and bridge some gap that they could share the good news with this tribe. This tribe was like, they were, um, I believe cannibalistic, but they were definitely a, a, a very aggressive tribe. Then they felt like there was the day, we're going to go, we're going to land on the beach, and we're going to go meet these people. We've sent so many gifts, let's go bring them the greatest gift of all, which is uh, the, the, the gift of salvation. They landed on that beach, and that was the last thing they did in their lives. All five of them were murdered by that tribe. Not too long after, the wives of these guys decided, you know what, we're going to carry on that mission. Forgave those people in their heart, began to drop those gifts again, went in there and led that tribe to the Lord. Incredible life transformation. Why? Because they lived their lives for the gospel. They lost everything, but it was for the gospel. It was for the, for the good news. And Paul's saying, hey, get your foundation on what the good news really is. Why? Because it's so easy for us to allow our minds to drift we talked about that, this in Galatians, that the gospel, there's only one gospel. The gospel, the good news, is simply this, that Jesus did it all, and we are the beneficiaries. We receive that simply by believing and trusting, putting all of our eggs in one basket, saying, Jesus, you're God, you're Lord of my life, you're master now, I'm following you. And in return, there's salvation. 
but it's so easy to drift. And what happens? What are the drifting? For every mile of road, there's two miles of ditch. <laughs> you know, it's so easy to just drift off into to a ditch. You know, you're putting your makeup on while you're driving. Hopefully that's the women, you know, and uh, you drift off into a ditch. Or maybe, you know, you're texting and while you're driving and you drift off into a ditch. I know a kid on our street, he did that. He drifted off the road and, you know, the cops are like, what happened? You crossed like a couple lanes of traffic, took out a sign and, you know, end up in the ditch. And he's like, I was texting. His parents are like, oh, please, you know, just say it was a deer or something. But, but it's so easy, so easy to drift. And Paul is saying, hey, if you don't have your mind set, like foundation strapped to this, You'll drift into one of two things. And usually it looks like this. One's legalism, where it all becomes rules. It's not, there's no relationship with Jesus Christ anymore. It's, I'm trying to become a, a better person. I'm going to church. I'm getting my life in order. It's all the rules. And then the other side is just as bad. It's like, there's no rules. You can live however you want. You can sin as much as you want because Jesus forgives. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, you know, I can do whatever I want all week. And just as long as on Sunday, you know, I know the gospel. Oh, yeah, he forgives everything. Both. Our ditches. He says there's this thing, this idea you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ and to, to live in that. Um, it's about everything that he's done and not what we've done. You ever had a bad insurance policy? <laughs> he, he, there was a, back in the day, um, uh, I had this cool little green Honda Civic and it had the pump and sound system in the back and I, you know, drove to, uh, to Toronto and uh, had it pounded and of course that just brings all the thieves, you know, following my car. I went to a Christian conference. I'm in the building and while I'm in there worshiping the Lord, I'm getting robbed. You know, outside someone's breaking in my car, took my sound system, took my new laptop computer and then it was like, oh, you know, you come out and you just feel like devastating, like, oh, I can't believe it. I got robbed and I still live with my parents back then, so I was under my dad's insurance. I said, you know, hey, dad, can we, like, claim this? I can't replace this. I need that laptop. And so we went through insurance, and we're claiming it, and all of a sudden we realized, yeah, there's like, yeah, you know what? It covers that, but you got to pay this much of a deductible, which is almost as much as the computer, and then yeah, if you pay, so we, we, we still went through it. I don't know why, and then all of a sudden the rates go up after, and like, yeah, we don't really cover all of those kind of things. If it was attached to the car, it's different than if it was, you know, just sitting in the car. I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is crazy. My poor dad's probably paying more insurance until this day because of me. But thanks, dad. Um, but the, 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 the thought of it was, man, you know, this, this insurance, you kind of got to know what it's all about. And sometimes people have that thought. They're not really sure, you know, am I going to go to heaven for sure? Yeah, I'm trusting in Jesus, but I got to do this, or I got to do this, or I got to do this. And it's like, it's like a bad insurance policy. It's the thought that maybe, you know, maybe the cross wasn't quite enough for me. I got to help him out. I got to do some stuff. And he's saying, listen, get yourself totally, totally sold, totally um, um, connected to the gospel. And then this thought is, he says, have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Not only be on the foundation, but have that preparedness to be able to share it with others. Because um, he's saying, there's, that's, what it, that's what the word is saying. Have yourself so um, connected to this thing of being ready. Romans chapter 10, I love this thought. Verse 13, it says this, for everyone who's just, who is that? Who's everyone? everyone. So no one is no one. Just think about this for a second. Think of the most hated people in your life or in the world. Like, oh, we don't hate anybody. But think about all the criminals in, in prison. Think about, you know, the, the jihad warriors. Think about all the crazy stuff that's going on. Th you know, think about what's, you know, you, you see in the news with these, these families being, you know, uh, taken, whatever. Think about all the people. He says this, for who? Everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What does it take to be saved? Call on the name of the Lord. It says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? They can't call on him unless they believe. And it says, how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? 
How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? It says, and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That's why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet. Again, talking about the feet, but how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. The, the thought in this is that, you know, you need to tell someone. You need to be able to say, oh, there's that famous thing that preach the gospel, if necessary, use words. And that's most people's favorites. It's like, yes, I'm going to preach the gospel about my lifestyle so I don't have to tell them anything. Because uh, we're, we're concerned. We're not, we're not sure. We're not re- necessarily that we've got this armor on in our lives that we're prepared. First Peter, Peter gets in on it and says in, in uh, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 15 and 16, he says, instead you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. Live that out. But and if someone asks you about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it, but do it in a gentle and respectful way. It, you know, it's amazing how many people would call themselves Christian. It's amazing how many people will be sitting here today. Maybe it's you. Call yourself Christian, but you have no idea what the good news or gospel message is. You would not know what to share if somebody said, hey, what's it mean to be a Christian? We had, we had some people bring guests last week, and, and, and they were here listening to, to the thoughts about righteousness. And they're like, hey, what does that mean, this right with God? And they're like, well, uh, I don't know. You know, maybe we should talk to the pastor. He, he might know. You know, I, I don't know. And you've been here for seven years. Maybe you're here today. They don't know. You know, we're going to do a series on it um, after this, uh, after the study of Ephesians is over, on what it means to be Christian. Um, but Paul is saying, hey, you're in a spiritual battle. Armor up. Realize that you need the armor of the gospel in your life, the good news. And the last couple minutes here, I want to give you these thoughts. This is a saying, hey, maybe that's me. Yeah, I don't know what I would say. I don't know what to do. Let me give you a couple thoughts. Number one is the how. The how. I love what Peter said. You know what? Share it. Always be ready to share. Be prepared. Be ready. So when, if anybody ever asks or if you have the opportunity, you just have the chance to share. But he says, do it in a gentle and respectful way. See, I find sometimes we feel like we've got to convince them. We've got to convert them. We have to change their mind. Jesus never said that. He simply said, share. Tell the story. Our job's not to save anyone. That's why Jesus died. He says, our job is to tell. Our job is to tell people. And um, He said, go out and preach Um, The good news in Mark chapter 16. Go proclaim it. Go share the good news. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. The onus for that is not on you. Um, Others want, they're so, they so don't want to be that guy that they avoid saying anything at all. So today I'm not here to say, hey, I want to guilt you and say, hey, you know, a good Christian would share the gospel. Not that at all. My question and, and challenge for you today is to focus on the gospel in your life. That's what Paul was saying to the Ephesians. He's like, hey, Put that armor on in your life. Focus on the, on the good news in your life because guess what? You won't, you won't be able to help but share it. People talk about what they're passionate about. If you've been around me for the last month, you know, most conversations will somehow turn to the Dutch soccer team, uh, you know, who uh, got third in the World Cup and just spanked Brazil 3 nothing. Sorry, Brazil fans. But, you know, uh, it wasn't your year. And Germany's going to win it all today, just saying. And I'm now cheering for Germany. But there's this passion that you say, you turn to that. Some of you know somebody who, um, you know, everything turns to, uh, turns to the G word. You're talking to them about, you know, you, you say, hey, uh, you know, I, I bought some nails today at the hardware store. And he's like, oh, yeah, do you know how much, you know, the price of nails in Guatemala? You know, hey, I, I, I go to Guatemala. I build picnic tables in there. You want to be a part of that? You want to you support uh, picnic? And every, it doesn't matter what you talk about. It's all going to go. Why? Because you're passionate about it. Paul's saying if you just get that, that same passion for what the gospel is in your life, it's just going to be able to help and lead people to that. Here's a, here's a thought from nature for you. I learned this in Bible school, but here's a thought for you. Sometimes we feel like, oh, we got to seal the deal. We got to get them to say the prayer. We got to do that. You can learn a lesson from the bumblebee. You know, if you notice in this, 
time of light right now, there's bees everywhere, and the bees fly around to the flowers. If a flower is open, they go right into the, to the heart of the flower. And it's the same thing. If there's people in your life where you're talking to them and they're asking questions, you're like, yeah, you know what? Okay, tell me more about this. Go in and keep talking to them about it. Share with them with respect. But just like the bee, if they're closed, buzz off. Leave them, leave them alone. There's so much of a, of a harm that we do to people because we feel like we've got to push something on them. The gospel is go share the good news. Just go and share it. Do that part. Last thought is this. If that's the how, what's the what? What are we supposed to say? Some of us, we have no idea. So we came up with something here for you. Um, uh, got a video clip to uh, just give you a little, bit of, a little bit of help in that area. Don't let that be you. I have that. People are like, ask about, you know, what, what, what should we, what's, what's it mean to be a Christian? Like, hey, let's call my pastor. I get emails that say, hey, you know what? My friend was asking me about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. What do I tell them? And I'm just like, oh, man. You know, that, that's what Paul was saying, too. He's saying, listen, go through the inconvenience of learning it yourself so you can share it. And here's the thoughts. Three things. Write them down. Number one, uh, if you got your bulletin, take a look at your bulletin because uh, it, it will help you out. But number one, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Paul reminded the Corinthian church about it. He just said, hey, it was this, that Jesus came. Jesus, uh, he was God. He, he uh, lived. He died. He rose again. People saw him. The 12 saw him. 500 people saw him. We're not making this up. This is something that was true. We put something on the front of your bulletin this morning, maybe to help you out. What are the thoughts on what the gospel is? Don't just read this to them if they're asking, but the thoughts are this, that God made this planet perfect. He made it, the, it was incredibly perfect, and sin wrecked that. Sin is what's causing all the sickness, all the uh, death, all the, the heartache and hurt that every person's going through. Sin has caused that, and every single one of us has been born into that. The good news is that Jesus came to fix it. He came to fix it. He came to restore relationship with God. He came so that we might be good with God. When people are thinking, you know, what happens after I die? Do I have peace with God? Am I going to be good with God? Jesus came to answer that question. And the last thought is that you can have it. You can have that simply by believing in Jesus Christ, simply by calling out to him, simply by saying, you know what, Jesus, my life, I've lived it my own way, but I want to receive forgiveness. I know I've sinned against you. I believe you're God. If you'll offer me forgiveness, I'm I'm living my life for you. And there's that trade. You get forgiveness, you get life, relationship, and peace with God. So number one, keep it simple. Number two, tell the truth. Please don't go out and tell people that their lives are going to be a whole lot better if they start following Jesus Christ. Because how many of you followers of Jesus Christ realize that life didn't get a whole lot better? You're, you're still going through some tough stuff, and some of that tough stuff is because you're following Jesus Christ. You know, you're losing friends. You know, your family's angry at you for things. Why? Because of that. The, the, the thought of it is this. If you've ever... Um, gone skydiving. You know, skydiving's awesome, but the actual prep time isn't. When you're flying up in a plane wearing the parachute on your back, it's not very comfortable. It's, it's this thought. Sometimes people share the good news and they think it's this, saying, hey, you know what? It, it would be like saying this to somebody flying on an airplane, saying, hey, here's a parachute. Wear this. It's going to make your flight so much better. You're, you're going you're to be so comfortable. You're going to look so cool. You know, it's, you're going to be happier. Just wear this parachute. And the guy wearing the parachute sitting there, he's like, he can't barely sit in his seat because it's so tiny. He's like, he's chewing on his knees. This, the video screen's right in front of his face. He can't eat anything. It cramps his style. He's like, this parachute sucks. I don't want to have this. This is not making my flight any, any, any better. My life is not better. But the thing is, if this gospel is shared in, in, with the thought of, hey, bud, you're on a plane that is faulty. This thing is going down 100%. 
we are at a 90 degree angle straight towards the the earth. We're 35,000 feet. We're picking up speed the whole way down. We are not going to miss. This is going to be a fiery crash. Guaranteed. Would you like a parachute? They would wear that parachute. They wouldn't care, you know, how cramped or, or how their style has been. You know what? Jesus, I'm following you. Like we prayed this morning, God, whatever you say, yes. They're not going to care that sometimes it affects their decisions when saying, hey, following Jesus means, you know, I shouldn't be having sex before I'm married. Yes. Following Jesus is like, God, that gut feeling of, hey, I need to respond to this in my life. Ugh, it kind of cramps my style, but Yes. The idea of the heart of God pounding in, in our hearts to say that we want to share life with others around us and hope. God, I'm a little bit nervous, but yes. Because I know that this thing, I know that life without him is going to end in a, in a terrible way. That I realize that I need a savior. I need Jesus Christ. So number one, keep it simple. Number two, tell your story num- or, or tell the truth. And number three is tell your story. Like, well, I don't really have a story. You know, I was raised in church my whole life. My parents took me to church twice on Sundays and then sometimes three times on Sundays. I never drank alcohol, not even mouthwash. You know, I never uh, stole anything big. You know, I never kissed a girl till I was 20 and that was by choice. You know, I never done, I never, that's my story, by the way. I never, uh, I, I know you're like, oh, that's lame. But you know what? I realized at one point in my life that it didn't matter how good I was, it was not gonna be good enough for God that my sins were on par with Paul Bernardo's and that in in the eyes of God, I still needed a savior. And I realized that at that point, let's say, you know what, God, I'm not gonna trust in my own righteousness. I want to give my life to you. I want to follow you. Do you know how something changed on the inside? That life-transforming power, when you believe the word of God, changes something in here, that all of a sudden you light up on the inside. You can hear God speaking to you. The word makes sense. It's like, oh man, this this life matters. There's purpose. There's a reason I'm alive. Maybe yours is different. You know, maybe you're talking about, you know, prison terms and whatever else. Maybe you did everything else and Jesus saved your life. Tell your story. Tell your story. Paul said this. I want to challenge you with this. Kingsway, armor on. Get yourself so tied to the good news of Jesus Christ that you can share it anywhere and you're confident of it no matter what knowing that your salvation is secure in Jesus Christ. You don't have to earn it, so you can just simply live in freedom for him. Armor on. Armor on. You will be attacked. My prayer this week, my prayer for you is that today or tomorrow at the latest, somebody comes up and asks you, hey, what were you doing yesterday? That you have that opportunity to share truth, love, the gospel, the good news. Can we pray? Father, thank you for your word. I mean that. Thank you for preserving it so we could read it today. Thank you that it still changes lives. Thank you that it's changed my life. I'd be nothing without you. Nothing. Thank you for loving me when I felt unlovable. Thank you for forgiving me for the things that I've done wrong. Jesus, thank you for being Lord of my life and that you're working things out in my life for good. I pray that over every person here today. God, I pray for those who don't know you that that this message, like you said, that it's powerful enough to change lives. Pray that they would experience that today as they decide to follow you. Thank you for this family. Thanks for the blessing they are to me and to each other. Pray you bless them this, this week as they go from this place, that your love would flow in and through them, that your joy would be on, on their faces and in their hearts. That as they shine your light, that others would come to know just how amazing and how good you are. Love you, Lord. It's in your name that we, that we go from this place and, and live these lives with you and for you. Thank you.